How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. Your team is always changing and evolving with draft classes, free agents, whether they're one-year deals or multi-year deals. Some guys age out. Some guys play themselves to where you can't afford them. You're constantly changing the roster, but this is a quarterback league, and I believe in the guy we got under center. That is Buffalo Bills general manager Brandon Bean. He spoke yesterday, his postseason press conference down at One Bills Drive. All that inner... All that audio, excuse me, is on demand at WGR550.com. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase here on the Extra Point Show on WGR. We're going to welcome in now our good friend Matt Bove, WKBW-TV Channel 7 Sports Director. Also, my co-host on the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast. We have our post-game and postseason, really just post-game wrap-up show from the other night up right now. It's wherever you pod, also on the Sal Sports YouTube channel, and we're going to be uh, giving you a lot more content. In the meantime, Matt, good morning. Welcome in. It's Sal and Joe. Hey, guys. How are you today? Pretty good. Trying to dissect uh, what uh, was uh, said yesterday. What, what stood out to you? Anything that either man or both kind of jumps out to you of what they said yesterday? Um, I don't know if there was anything that they said that I didn't necessarily anticipate. I feel like if you read between the lines on some of the things, you can kind of put the pieces together on what they want the offseason to look like. I think we've seen the last of Micah Hyde and probably Jordan Poyer in Buffalo. I think it would be a long shot if Gabe Davis comes back. I think Daquan Jones probably does come back. I think wide receiver will be a priority for them this offseason. You know, he said that they don't think, Brandon Bean said he doesn't think that they're going to make any splash moves, but he also said that right before they signed Von Miller. I know the money was different then, so I kind of take that for what it's worth, and I'm sure they'll still be looking to try and do something relatively significant. Nothing like that absolutely jumped out that felt like, okay, this is absolutely the story of the day. This is going to be what everybody's talking about. But I think when you take all the little pieces and put them together, you can kind of get an outlook on what the next few months are going to look like. We've been talking about the fact that they both mentioned explosive players, explosive mm-hmm. plays. And I think that is a story going into this offseason where it feels to me like, Matt, both the GM and the head coach have an understanding that they need to have more explosive players at the skill position, especially wide receiver. And that's where a focus is going to be this offseason. Well, they should have had at least three explosive plays when I'm thinking of the game from the other night, four explosive plays, and none of them ended up working out. You had the deep shot to Stefan Diggs. You had multiple deep shots to Trent Shurfield. You would like at least one of those caught. 
You have the play at the end of the game that probably should have been a touchdown to Khalil Shakir. I know all the conversation is should have you taken should have should Josh have taken the underneath route. Well, he had a touchdown if he doesn't get bumped into by Deion Dawkins and Chris Jones pushing him back there. They need somebody to stretch the field. Gabe Davis has been somebody who's been able to do that for them, and it was very clear that they missed him in the game on Sunday. Now he's probably priced himself out of Buffalo. He's probably going to get a bigger contract somewhere else. Now you don't need to just replace Gabe Davis. You need to replace Gabe Davis, and you need to improve the other guys around you. Because Khalil Shakir is a really nice piece, but to me, I'm almost operating under the assumption that Khalil Shakir kind of becomes the new version of Cole Beasley, who can you know be your main guy inside, but also do a little bit of everything. So then you need to add at least two more guys who can stretch the field opposite of Stefan Diggs. Yeah, it's specific to that skill set, I think, Matt, because Shakir, like you said, he's like 70% in the slot, which is closer to where Beasley used to be as like a primary slot guy. Um, Mm -hmm. They just, I mean, they didn't have it, right? Like, is that to you also a big reason why we saw their you know, willingness to run the ball the second half of the year, go up a little bit. I think McDermott, you know, talking about this yesterday, kind of led me to believe that it's not necessarily what he wants his identity to be, and that's why they ran it more. It might have been more because they just lacked the personnel. I thought it was very interesting that he said when asked about, I think it was Sal's question about what you're looking for in an offensive coordinator, he completely, he immediately brought up how he cut his teeth around Andy Reid and Andy Reid is a pass first, stretch the field, explosive play guy. And he realizes that that's the NFL these days, especially when you have an elite quarterback like they do. So I do think that that's very much a part of it. I think that look what happened when they tried to have explosive plays they were not working. So then they needed to adjust and try and be more methodical. And then you can sit here and we all have said, well, why were you doing that against the Chiefs? And the answer might be because what every everything else we were trying to do wasn't work working. Whenever we tried to take the deep shots, whenever we tried to hit these big plays, we were coming up short. They were leading to incomplete passes, and sometimes they were leading to interceptions, and that's what ultimately was hurting us. So we just needed to try and play this methodical game and then take the shots when they became available instead of forcing to take the shots. But that didn't work, and I think a lot of that is because of the personnel that they had. I mean, like we just saw, said, Shakir's a really nice piece, but Shakir's not a guy who you're lining up on the boundary and saying, go run 55, 60 yards downfield, and we're going to hit you over the top. The only guy that they have who really thrives in that specific role has been Gabe Davis, and he wasn't available for the last couple of weeks. And Diggs has been – part of it has been Josh's fault because he has missed him on some wide-open deep shots that they should have connected on. But then in the last game, he hit him on one that was perfect, 63 yards in the air, and he drops it. So I think it was almost, yeah, this was the philosophy and this was the game plan because of the people that they actually had available. Also, Brandon Bean did make it clear, you know, this isn't a – and both guys did. Sean said we're not going to strip it down to the studs here. We're not talking about that. Brandon Bean made it clear, hey, I don't love to do restructures, but we'll do that because we're going to stay competitive. We're going to, you know, keep being in this thing and trying to win it. Any notion that, you know, this team has to reset and rebuild suddenly is just not the case. Now he did say they're going to have to get younger at some positions, and obviously the first one that comes to mind is safety. The way they talked about both Poyer and Hyde yesterday – Matt, I mean, it was pretty much very reflective and pretty much in the past tense. Well, let's take all the pieces and put them together and try and get the story. Micah Hyde on Monday says that he needs to sit back and reflect on things and make a decision. 
on Tuesday, his wife, Amanda, posts a message on social media that very much reads like, uh, hey, Buffalo, thank you for everything. We've enjoyed our time here, but it's time for the next chapter. And then an hour later, I asked Sean McDermott what Micah Hyde has meant to the team, and he talks about him running out of the tunnel for the last time in Orchard Park. And when you take all those things together, to me that goes, okay, Micah Hyde's probably done. To me, it feels like Micah Hyde's probably going to retire, not go sign somewhere else. But then when that question was asked to McDermott, he also brings up Jordan Poyer. And Jordan Poyer is somebody who is, you know, getting older. They could save some money if they decide to part ways with him. I always kind of thought that you would keep Poyer for this last year and then bring somebody in to play next to him so you're not doing two new safeties at once. But given the money situation and the fact that Poyer, I mean, he was an every-down safety, but at the same time he kind of wasn't this year, maybe that's too much money for them to be paying somebody who's not an every-down safety for you or an every-situation safety and they just want to start over. How do you look at the needs in general for the roster? I mean – there, there should be changeover, but you know when when we talk draft mat and free agency, like I don't know, isn't it mostly just three units? Isn't it just receiver, safety, and D line that we're talking about? I think on the regular. Yeah, for me, it's the number one need is wide receiver, and then once you think you've addressed the wide receiver position, then you need to go add another wide receiver because I feel like it's almost like with quarterbacks where you just need to kind of keep throwing darts at the board and see what hits. If you find somebody who you really like. That should not – like, let's say they go sign somebody in free agency who's at least a somewhat notable name. I'm assuming they're not getting T. Higgins or Mike Evans or maybe even DeAndre Hopkins. But let's say you go out and get somebody who is, like, a legitimate number two wide receiver. I still would be drafting one in the first round because you need to be protecting your best asset, your most important asset, and that is Josh Allen. I think of what was the Bills' most dynamic offense during this entire stretch, and for me it was the 2020 season and their weapons that year – were obviously Josh Allen, you had Stephon Diggs in his first year with Buffalo, you had John Brown, you had Cole Beasley, and you had Gabe Davis as a rookie. Those were a lot of pieces. Right now, you have Stephon Diggs, and then your second best receiving option this year was Shakir, and then after that, it's Trent Shurfield. That is not nearly as good as they once had. So that, to me, is by far the most important thing. Then after that, I would say probably defensive line and then safety, but it's a little hard for me to justify the defensive line thing because they have used so many resources over the years to try and figure out the defensive line, and it still hasn't worked. I kind of get the sense that Daquan Jones is going to come back. So I think if you get him back, I know you need depth, but then you would at least know you have Ed Oliver and Daquan Jones to be your you know, starters there. I know they're a very heavy rotation team, but if you get him back, then I think it lets you kind of spend your money or use your resources elsewhere. I think they can get several of those guys back on cheaper deals. Usually that's a position where guys don't really, you know, once you get through the top end of the market, guys settle in. I mean, Shaq Lawson, who's a nice player, I think, for example, at Dion, I know it's not D-Tackle. You know, he's he's hit the market like three times in the last three years, and he comes back on a you know one year vet minimum deal basically right I mean that's what happens Tim Settle is he going to get a real big deal so you can argue anybody can that they could use an upgrade there but I, I agree I think that you probably DaQuan probably some other guys you can get back before we get move on to the Sabers I want to ask you one more question about the Bills here Matt which is mm-hmm. this is the first year really under Sean and Brandon that they've had they have three questions at a question at each of the three coordinator spots how mm-hmm. do you see all of them playing out. 
meaning Sean hiring someone or not, based on anything he said yesterday, for a defensive coordinator, where Joe Brady stands in that situation at offensive coordinator, and whether or not you think they will or should retain Matthew Smiley. So I'll start with Matthew Smiley. I think they will retain him. I don't know if they should, but I think they will, just because it felt like when he was asked about Matthew Smiley over the last couple of days, he more talked about poor execution than poor decision-making. And Matthew Smiley is not the guy out there who's executing. Now somebody needs to take the fall for that. And after the missed uh, fake punt, I kind of immediately was like, okay, well, Matthew Smiley's done. But I, I didn't necessarily get that sense from him. I think he's going to promote Bobby Babich to be defensive coordinator. And even though it might just be defensive coordinator and title, and there will still be Sean McDermott's defense, I think that he has been so important to the safeties and linebackers that he has coached that it makes sense that he would kind of take that next step and be the guy in waiting. I understand that there are coaches ahead of him, but I think that for Sean McDermott, that's a position and a coach that you want to kind of kind of go under your wing and then hopefully retain for the next several years. And then offensive coordinator, I think, will be Joe Brady. They kind of talked about Joe Brady like it was a foregone conclusion yesterday. I know they still need to go through the process of it. I also realized that the last time Josh Allen gave his stamp of approval, it did not work. But I think this is a different transition. He gave his stamp of approval to a quarterback's coach who hadn't called plays at the NFL level. Now you're going to somebody who had done it before. And then in the nine games where he did it, I was not blown away, but I would say I was fairly impressed. And I think once again, that is a young coach who could probably be here for a couple of years, who seems like he's got a good relationship with the guys in the room. I feel like that one is probably the most I'm the most confident in. Then I would say Smiley. Then I would say Bobby Babbage because the Bobby Babbage one is interesting. Like if he's going to get a better job somewhere else, you mm-hmm. kind of have to decide, are you going to do the same thing here or are you just going to let him walk because you have a different plan? And I, I wonder how much of that would even be, you know, just title, you know, not to say he wouldn't have more responsibility, but you could make Bobby Babbage the defensive coordinator if and McDermott can still call plays if he wants to. Yeah, I think so too. And I think the only thing that's tricky mm-hmm. about that is it almost feels like a little bit like an Eric Bieniemy situation where mm-hmm. Eric Bieniemy was the guy who always was passed over for the next step because everybody kind of assumes that it was Andy Reid's offense. So I wonder if he would be worried about taking a defensive coordinator job with a defensive-minded head coach, knowing that the same thing might happen to him. Yeah, and let's be honest. I mean, these guys, you know, they have careers. And I'm sure Bobby Babich, I would assume he'd want to be a play caller. And if he gets that opportunity in New York or somewhere else over coming back to Buffalo and not being a play caller, maybe that's more appealing. A lot of things obviously factor into there. Matt, uh, did you watch, did you stay, how much of the Sabres game did you stay up and watch last night? So I woke up, I fell asleep when I got home. It's been a crazy couple days. And I woke up about halfway through the first period. And then I watched the first period, the second half of the first period, all of the second period, and then most of the third period. So I I saw most of the game. I mean, the second period was just, it's one of the worst periods they've played. And you're playing against a team, Anaheim, they <laughs> capitalized on some mistakes. But I mean, I, I just, I guess I don't even know what to ask you. I mean, what where where is this team? What can they do? And maybe I'll just ask you straight up, Matt, do you think that a coaching change is needed or would at least do something for this team? I think I'm running out of ideas, and that's the problem because I'm sure the team is as well. I think on the list of people to blame, Don Granato is certainly close to the top, but I don't know if he is the top. Like I still think Kevin Adams probably deserves more of the blame for the team's lack of success this year than Don Granato does, 
but I also don't think it's realistic that Kevin Adams is going to lose his job. So then that brings us to, well, what needs to happen? Most of the guys they have on this team are under contract for the foreseeable future, some of them for the long term. So if you're going to have the same core of guys, it makes you wonder, is it time for a coaching change? And you look around the league and you see all of the improved play from teams that have fired their coaches. I don't necessarily think that would happen here, but I also don't know what you're supposed to do because you are dangerously close to completely losing this season. You've already probably surpassed that point. If they made a coaching change, it would take an unbelievable stretch in the second half of the season to climb themselves out of the hole that they're in. And if the plan is just going to be to move on from Granado anyway at the end of the season, then I guess what's the harm? But I just don't know if this continues and they finish as a team in the low 80s as far as points are concerned, how they could just bring back the same core and bring back the same coach. Right. You would, you've already lost the fan base. You would complete it, it would go from people being annoyed and upset about how you are playing to not caring and that's a really slippery slope because we're flirting with that now it's scarier that i think that is scarier than having people like you want you almost want fans in the stands chanting you'd rather have mm-hmm. them fire somebody because and rather than it be a, a silence because then they at least still care um and I do think that that is right. They're nine points out now, Matt, to a point where, like, I listened to this about Granado and Salas, that question, and Jeremy had the list earlier on the show of, you know, how they just have not made any acquisitions since the Jack Eichel trade at all. They just kind of, like, bring the young guys in and let's hope that that works. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the point of any of it is right now. I feel like they're too far out for it to matter and that's that's a depressing spot, right? We're like, okay, yeah, sure, fire Granado tomorrow, and like, I don't know, does that mean that we're gonna make the playoffs now? Go, go trade somebody today. I mean, I might like that more because it mean for the future, but it's mm-hmm. it's the inaction, I think, more so with the roster, and that's an Adams thing to me that that has yeah. me, you know, not believing as much right now. I'm so sick of hearing about the future with the Buffalo Sabers, and I know I am not alone. I get that you do not need to try and rush things along like Tim Murray did and completely destroy your future assets, but they have so many of them. And it's why last year I was, you know, yelling every time I could, Hey, go trade for Jacob Chikrin. And everybody was like, well, the price was different and Ottawa didn't have to pay what Buffalo had to pay. And would you really like to not have Zach Benson right now? And it's like, no, of course you would like to have Zach Benson, but what is this team doing with Zach? Like you have so many pieces that are probably never going to end up actually making this team or playing significant amount of minutes for this team. I don't know how Isaac Rosane and Noah Auslan and Yuri Kulik and Matt Savoy and eventually bet. Like, I don't know how those guys all fit in to the core that you have now signed yourself up for. Mm. So I just don't get, I don't get what they are trying to do because Kevin Adams banked on internal growth at the beginning of the season. I'm sure Don Granado said, hey, I love Connor Clifton. I think we can get more out of him. That has not worked at all. They probably said, hey, Eric Johnson, really steady depth defenseman. He knows how to win. That is a upgrade from Ilya Labushkin. Well, both of those have been misses to this point. And the guys that you were banking on taking steps forward have taken massive steps. I mean, when is the last time you have felt... How powerful is Cox Internet? 
powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? <coughs> Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i'm feeling like okay Tage thompson's going to take over this game or okay dylan cousins right. is going to take over those guys have not done the thing we were the most concerned about going into this year was goaltending and that has not been the reason why they are struggling and that's for me I am not a UPL truther by any stretch. I have been very critical of him. But he's played good enough hockey to be winning games here. But Mm -hmm. his team just doesn't score goals. The thing that they were so good at, they're no longer good at. So, yeah, I guess part of that falls on Granado, but part of it also falls on Kevin Adams for just saying, like, okay, this group is fine. Like, they're just going to continue to get better. And you could argue that none of them have besides maybe Middlestad and – Paterka, right? Probably. And Middlestat, I mean, he's he's in the news this week. Lance Lysowski, the Buffalo News, had a story. Middlestat told him that, you know, one, he was surprised to see his name in a trade rumor, so that's worth mentioning, but that also he's an upcoming RFA, and he said that they haven't talked contract yet. And even that, Matt, like, it's, it's a weird situation for me for that because he's their leading scorer. Mm-hmm. They also pay everybody right away. So the idea they haven't even talked with Middlestat yet almost, to me, seems a little bit telling. But what are they going to do? If, if they don't sign him, are they going to trade him for more picks and prospects? Because we've just kind of been going through it. Like, this is the la- that's the last thing they need. That's the thing. It's like, well, if you're not going to keep Casey Middlestat, which is a conversation that you can have, what are you, you going to get for him? And if you're trading Casey Middlestat for a late first-round pick and a B-level prospect, I just don't get the point. Because, once again, you are just kicking the can down the road 
and you at that point have already completely lost the fan. I mean, like I said a couple minutes ago, go to a game. There's 12,000 people at the games. Like it's not full unless it's a week or a weekend night or a weekend matinee or there's some sort of special event going on. So the games aren't full. People aren't into it. The team isn't fun. At least a couple of years ago when they weren't good, they were kind of fun because they scored a bunch of goals and they would lose games like 6-5. Last year. Well, yeah. well last, last year I kind of think they were close to being – like they were – I know that more teams make it than miss, so they're technic- they were an average hockey team. But I actually mm-hmm. considered them a little better than average. But now, I mean, they're mm-hmm. like way, way, way below average. But that's the thing. And that's the thing Granado always realized, too. He was like, hey, or at least he said it, like, you got you to score goals, right? And, like, I like our chances of outscoring teams. Now, look at their last several games. It's like, okay, you score two goals late against the Ducks. Score one goal at home in a matinee. It's just, like, it's mind-boggling how ridiculously bad their offense has become. And their power, oh, my God. I can talk about the power play for an hour. That thing is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know, buddy. I know. It's just, it's, it's, it's tough. It, you, you, you go into this season, and I know I was maybe a little too optimistic, I guess, goaltending too. And Levi hasn't been quite what I expected, but UPL's picked up the slack for sure. But just to be in this position now, and so, you know, we're sitting here on what? January, what's today, guys? The 22nd, 24th, January 24th, and. It's over already, right? I mean, basically, let's be honest. They're, they're just, they, it's a, another year of just, okay, what's going to happen? Where are they in the draft lottery? It's just so discouraging, man. Well, it's so discouraging, too, because the Bills season had just ended. I do yeah. not subscribe to this. I, I'm not agreeing with this from my job, from the way that I was raised. Like, There are people in this city who believe that hockey starts when football ends. I don't agree with <laughs> it, but there are people who do. And the minute football ended the hockey team laid an egg after they started the season terribly. At least if they were playing okay, then you could start to shift the focus and be like, well, look, the Sabres have all these young guys. They've got a ton of potential. They've got a ton of promise. That's not the case. Nobody is ending their bill season and going, ooh, well, at least we got the Sabres now. People are going like, oh, my God, they're worse. Like, how did this, how did we get to this point? And that's just the reality. They had this amazing opportunity to be the thing that everybody poured their time and energy into, but now they've lost everybody because the start was so bad. WKBW TV Channel 7 Sports Director Matt Bove. Also, it's always game day in Buffalo. We're going to have another pod coming uh, at everybody. We're, we're, you and I got to start breaking down the offseason now, buddy. Yeah, we got to do one probably either later today or tomorrow morning. So uh, yep. we'll, we'll text when the segment's done. And we'll let everybody know when that is. And uh, we appreciate you joining us today. And I know you uh, you got the fam now and, and your daughter, beautiful. And I know you, time's a little different these days, isn't it, than it used to be? Yeah, well, I thought I was going to be in Baltimore this weekend. And now we are going to go to Disney and Ice at the Arena. So All right. Comes, well, there you go. Life comes at you fast nice. when things like that happen. <laughs> I'm looking forward to right. it. Uh, it'll probably be the best performance I see in that building this year. So that's cool, too. Wow. On that note, thanks, Matt. Appreciate you, buddy. We'll take a time out. We'll come back here. It is the Extra Point Show on WGR. Oh, by the way, when we come back, Joe, get ready to start naming maybe, maybe Utah hockey names in the NHL. Yeah, again, I think you just got to take it one day at a time now. No different in Vaughn's situation with Trey's situation. You're talking about a player who is 
Very, very talented. Trey's done a lot of great things here, but he's gone through two serious injuries right now, two very significant injuries, and so we just need to take it one day at a time and full confidence that he'll be fine. But at the same time, when he gets out there, I think we'll know more as to how he's going to look and how he's going to feel and what level of ability to contribute to our team he'll have. That is Sean McDermott talking about Tredavious White, Von Miller. Tredavious White is an interesting situation. I've never gotten the feeling, Joe, that the Bills would move on from Tredavious White, like this offseason or anything, like, you know what I mean, with the injury. I'm leaving the door open now a little bit more to the possibility just by listening to them yesterday. Serious injury coming back. Brandon Bean says we have depth at corner. I'm just a little more open to it. I still don't think it's going to happen, but I'm I'm now at least cracking that door in my own brain about it. Sorry, sorry, Sal. I think I cut off for a second. On what? I've never felt that the Bills would move on from Tredavious oh, White this offseason. Like, you know, yeah. but after listening yesterday, and I still think it's a very low chance, I at least yeah. have that door cracked open in my mind that it could be possible based on comments there from Sean McDermott, serious injury mm-hmm. coming back, comment from Brandon Bean that they have cornerback depth. Yeah. You yeah. know, getting younger at some positions. I'm just I'm just leaving it a little op- more open than I did before. Yeah, I, I think what might be likely is they go to him and try to figure out a way for him mm-hmm. to take a pay cut, right? I mean, there's just... Right. I cannot imagine. I mean, it's hard to imagine him not being a Buffalo Bill in the first place, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I cannot imagine Tredavious White being on their books... Without knowing what, you know, with with a serious timeline to return from that injury and not knowing how much you can count on him, for him being on the books at $16.4 million. I mean, especially when, you know, if everybody's healthy, no doubt, of course, he's he's playing on the Buffalo Bills. He's one of their best two corners for sure. But there's questions now with that injury and how good you're going to be going forward and I like the Bills 1-2 at corner right now. I think Rasul Douglas was tremendous. I don't think he was healthy on Sunday. He takes the ball away, Mm -hmm. which is a skill set they didn't have a lot of in this secondary. And he's a good tackler. Um, So I like Douglas a lot. And Benford, a lot of the smart numbers loved Christian Benford this year. I loved his game this year. I loved his game. I liked it too. And he, he took the ball away a couple times himself. But for him... The the number the one stat that he like thrived at where he was in like elite territory like around guys like Pat Sertan um, was separation prevented like he was one of the better corners in football this year at that and you know he knows zone coverage right like that's what he did in college too and his skill set I think is really good for McDermott's you know type of defense so I am I have no interest in seeing Benford leave the field unless it's for right all pro Tre'Davious White so sixteen million dollars. I think they're pretty darn good at one-two corner already. I, again, I don't need to rush him off the team. I just can't imagine he's on he's on the team at sixteen million dollars. He is only still twenty nine. He just turned twenty nine last week, by the way. With like, in, you know what I mean? It's not. Yeah. He's not super old. With injuries, though, is is that a? I know. Is that twenty? Is that a? I get it. It's not the same as a Rasul Douglas. I think twenty nine because of the ACL and the Achilles. Right. And that's where my Sewell question is. Douglas, be. by the way, is 29, and he will be 30 in August. He's older yeah. than Tredavious. And listen, like, I I like Kyrie Elam more than most. I don't need to start Kyrie Elam. I, I don't have a problem with him being my number three cornerback. 
So he is with he's in this picture as well. You could always bring back Dane Jackson or get a guy like him if you don't trust Elam to just be your backup um, at corner. Um, and really, if White shocks the world and his rehab's going great and he looks like, oh, this guy might, you know, Aaron Rodgers' Achilles recovery, right? And Cam Akers, th- people thought was going to be out for a year with the Rams, and then he was back in like six months. If, let's say, Tredavious White does that, okay, then I kind of want to have a conversation about moving Christian Benford to safety, you know, to see if he can do it. But that's, again, that's a big if. That's a giant if. And I don't need to explore that if because, you know, I think they're good. I think they're good at corner. And I I would like to see them try to get Tredavious White in at a lower number. And if they can't figure that out, then I don't think he's on the bills. Well, the uh, the issue you would have with that is, Joe, if he says no, if you're moving on, you're eating – Ten million dollars in dead cap. I understand that it's a yeah. six plus six million dollars, but can you live with eating ten mil in dead cap and not having him on your team? I don't know if that's an option for me. I think I'd, I'd rather, rather have him on the team. I think at the number than not than, than save six and eat ten. I guess it's a tough call. The th- the way I usually look at that is I've already spent ten, so now I have to decide. I've got six million dollars. I can either save or put into Tre'Davious White. If he says no. The, the the conversation I have to have is, what's better mm-hmm. for the team? $6 million for Tredavious White or $6 million we're going to use at a different position? And I honestly think I'd rather have the $6 million at a different position. I, I don't know what posi- defensive line, you know, maybe a one-year deal for like a veteran wide receiver in case the rookie, you know, the Emmanuel Sanders type guy that I mentioned. Um, I think I... Think I it's it's not an easy one, but I think I'd rather use that $6 million elsewhere. You could lower his cap number simply by a stroke of the pen by about $6 million simply by moving his base salary into a bonus. The problem yeah. with that is you are creating even a much higher cap hit next year, which is already at 16 this year and 16 next year. And I just don't know if Brandon Bean wants to do that sort of thing. Let's go to Walter in Toronto. Hi, Walter on WGR. Hey, gentlemen. How's it going? Good, good, Walter. Good, thanks. I, you know, I just uh, a couple comments and then a quick question. You know, there, there's three teams in the world that that me as passionate as I am with the Bills. One is, uh, I think you know, the Leafs, and and the other is the Azzurri, uh, the Italian national soccer team. So <laughs> here I was, yeah, yesterday or Monday, I was wallowing in my in my grief about the Bills, and then Joe says, "Oh, this is like the Leafs who can't get out of the first round of the playoffs." <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh man, that's a double for me, you know. <laughs> the, the Bills losing and you know not being able to beat KC and the Leafs, but just something to, for you to think about. You know, the money we gave uh, Vaughn Miller, that was the money we could have retained uh, Termaine Edmonds. And and boy, I mean, I know you can't predict injuries and hindsight 2020, but man, we could have used a linebacker against the uh, KC. You know, for sure. Walter, uh, well, Walter, Walter, listen to yourself. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on. Did, did you not watch the season? If you keep Tremaine Edmonds, you're not playing Terrell Bernard. Yeah. No, but but what about rotating three guys in? Or is, uh, you don't do that? No, 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 no. You're not. That's not. No, they don't do that. They're not going to do that. They have a three down Mike linebacker. I, I that there is no world in which that I think it was the wrong decision to let Tremaine Edmonds get what he got and. Insert a rookie contract to Rob Bernard. They also, Walter, were able to pay out Oliver in part because they let Trey yeah. Edmonds walk. Good point. Good point. And uh, last thought, guys, uh, in in order of one, two, three, 
Well, what are the needs? What are the biggest needs? I, I think we got to go receiver, uh, and then we got to, and then we got to go uh, uh, either safety or, or corner. And I'm not sure what the third one would be, but love listening to you guys. And uh, I guess we can focus a little bit on hockey now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe. And, and listen, I, you want to go one, two, three. Uh, Joe, here's my answer to that. Tell me what you do in free agency. If you want to count that, and maybe that's what he means in free agency, D-line is going to be some sort of priority. They, they are depleted there. Yes. They have to do something. Yeah, they do. They're four guys under contract. And Vaughn, right. you, you know, you hope, but you don't know that you can count on him. So really, it's – it's who, who are the three? It's, it's, uh, it's uh, Sorry, it's, um, it's Oliver, it's Rousseau, it's Vaughn, and then who's the fourth that I'm missing? Top of my head. Uh, uh, Oliver Russo Vaughn in the, I have it right here. Hold on. Why am I missing Kingsley this? Jonathan. Kingsley Jonathan. So really, I have two defensive linemen that I can rely on to start and and produce next year. Um, you hope for Vaughn. So defensive lines on that list, uh, absolutely. And you know, corner gets mentioned there. I don't think corner is near the list. I think they are deep at corner. I, I'm not saying they can't add a backup or bring back a Dane Jackson, but. I don't, I don't, I don't see a scenario barring a, a miraculous Tredavious White recovery that means Christian Benford and Rasul Douglas aren't their day one cornerbacks. Um, it's safety, it's defensive line, and it's receiver. And honestly, Sal, you know, maybe maybe I'm overvaluing their corner depth, but I don't know that there's another position. What's next? Like those are the three, right? Going into the off season, I don't even mm-hmm. know what would be the next, you know, position. a little more depth at linebacker. I think would be nice. Okay, I, yeah. I like Williams Inspector. Maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, I guess Tyrell Dotson's a free agent. Okay, yeah, I, they, I think they're okay. But you you have to have Williams Inspector show though that they can handle you know the duties if they have to play. And they're probably going to want another one of those like hammer type running backs, right? Yeah, because probably something like that. And even if it, Hines is back, you know, Hines is not that player, and neither is Cook. Right, right. Um, all right, so I blame Josh. He played a sound about Travis White, so it got me off. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays, too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> I do want to real quickly, when we come yeah. back, talk about um, the NHL possibly expanding into Utah when we come back. Dylan Cousins, far side of the ice. Dahlin with a shot. Scores! Rasmus Dahlin gets the Sabres on the board, and there's still 5.19 to go in the third period. Too little, too late. Jordan Greenway with that goal. He also had an assist on Kyle Oposo's goal just of a couple of minutes later. Sabres lose last night. 
to the Anaheim Ducks, 4-2. They're back in action again tonight out in L.A. against the Kings. 10.30 p.m. start. That is a late game. In fact, 10.45 from what I've read, Joe, because of a uh, a ceremony before the game. Holy 10.45 cow. tonight. Yes. The, the, yes. So that game's going to end at what time locally? We usually go, like, what, two hours uh. and, 15, and 20 minutes? So yeah. we're talking what? One fifteen. <laughs> Poor Brian Koziel. <laughs> One fifteen. Sabres Kings tonight. We we'll have pregame for you at nine thirty. Nine thirty p.m. here on WGR on the Sabres Radio Network. All right, Joe. Utah. Are you ready for the NHL in Utah? There is a um. There's a bunch out there today. Mm-hmm. Nobody's denying it. There's, um, I guess, you know, Utah expressing interest in a team. The NHL basically saying, yep, we've had conversations, and we're going to continue those conversations. It's not surprising to me that uh, this could happen. The NHL, you know, in terms of revenue, is not seeing the same type of rise that some of the other sports are, especially the NFL and basketball. So what's a big way for them to make money is to get, somebody to give them a $300 million expansion fee. Or is it actually, it might even be more than that. Um, and they've got the arena to do it. They've got the owner that's interested in doing it. It's gone great for Vegas and Seattle. So I don't see why this won't happen other than the question of when do you stop? When do you draw the line? Because this will be 33 teams, Right. Which will be the most of the four major right. sports, and where where is the line? Is thirty four the line? Or in fifty years, are you gonna have thirty eight teams, forty teams? You know, how when 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 I guess does it end? But the market seems big enough. The market seems like it would support hockey. They support their NBA team. Um, I also think it's a little interesting, by the way, that this news happened to come out uh, like moments after there was you know a report about sexual assault arrest happening uh, for potentially current NHL players in Canada, but, you know, that's more of the pessimistic side of me on that. I, I think it'll work. Uh, now now we got to have fun with team names, though, at some point. I know. What do you think? Utah, what? We already have the Utes. Can't take them. They're, I, I was we looking can, this up. It's the college team. They're big on the on uh, on bees. So, okay. what about, like, the high? Wait, wait, would the team be in Salt Lake? It would be in Salt Lake, yeah. But would you call them Salt Lake? Would, or would you call them Salt Utah? Lake something? Yeah, you could do it. You could do like the Salt Lake, uh, the Salt Lake Buzz. Sure, Batman would love that one. <laughs> the bees, the hives. Sabers live up yeah. next. Maybe, maybe they have a thought on this. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on the Extra Point Show. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.